Our scripture message comes to us this morning from the second chapter of Matthew's Gospel. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod Magi from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard that he was this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests, teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. Shall we pray? God, we thank you for this day that we can come to worship, that we can come and hear your word. The message that you have for us this day to start a new year, to forget some of the old things that have passed away, and make a new commitment to you, Lord, to serve you, to be joyous about it, to be intentional in all the things that we do. In Christ's name, we pray. Well, we've heard many, many stories about the Magi, or we say the kings, and simply remembering the Magi being people that told astrologies, told the future to many people. They were highly respected and even told about magic. We don't know all the sayings. We don't know all that was told to the Magi, how things were revealed, but many things were revealed to them by God. For instance, the star, what it meant, a babe that was going to be born in Bethlehem. Now, when we think about that, uh, what did they do? They didn't simply just herald it out to the people and say, hey, we've seen this star. Something wonderful is going to happen in the future. And just leave it at that. The Magi gave us the greatest guidance there was to be. They told us this is a wonderful message for you and for me. Because they were saying, be alert. And they watched this star. 
for how long, we don't know. But we know that they had to prepare a journey. We say three, we have no idea. And we think of three camels and three wise men and the gifts that we're to bring. I guess the other is not really that important or just make people like me dig to try to find out what it was all about. But they must have formed and had caravans to bring all the things that they needed because these were wealthy people. They were bringing wealthy gifts. It was a treacherous ride to Bethlehem. There were robbers all around, people that were always really being what they would say, murderous, if you will, stealing wherever they could. So my guess is that they had a nice caravan with a lot of supplies. They had a nice caravan with people to protect them. Proves with the wise men, as we called them, or the magi, that God can talk to each of us in any place or any time. He didn't talk to them, we don't think, in a temple someplace. He talked to them with a star. He talked with them, he listened. So I guess when we think about the message from the wise men, we think about, first of all, they listened, they were alert, they watched. But then they were people of action. They put their feet to a faith. And they started preparing for the journey. What is this journey of faith? One of these is when they went. And when they started their journey, we don't know why they went to Jerusalem. There's so much. We don't know about this. Was it out of protocol, out of respect to the king, Herod, to go by and ask directions for him? Or this was God's plan to carry out his mission in what was to come. So they go boldly to Herod. And as Bill just read the scripture and said, Where do I find this, the king of the Jews? So they could quote it when they said, in Bethlehem and Judea, this is what the prophets have written. Because Herod consulted. He consulted the prophets, the high priests, to find out. They consulted the scriptures, and that's where they got their answer, was from the scriptures. And when Herod asked the priests and the chiefs where Christ was to be born, they did not hesitate to say, but sometimes we forget this part of the story. The people knew. The Magi knew what questions were to ask. And I think in this, the message for us, what we believe should determine how we behave. I don't know about your life, but many times that's not congruent. I heard a couple of laughs there. Whew, thank goodness I'm not alone. What is God calling us to do as an individual or as a church? What is he calling us to do as a living body of Christ? 
we need not guess. We need not guess. As the Magi were told, as the Magi were told, and after Herod had talked to the chief priests, he came back to the wise men or the Magi and said, when you find Jesus, let me know so I can come and worship him also. But as the scripture goes, not as the story goes, but as the scripture goes, as the wise men came to where Jesus was, an angel appeared to them and said, do not tell Herod, go back home by a different way again to fulfill God's work. We have gifts to give to God. It may not be gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but we have gifts, and that is a lesson to us, how we spend our lives with the store we have on the other side of the birth of Christ, on the other side of the cross. God inspired the Magi's offerings of gold, represented royalty, royalty, but also it represented universal currency. Because remember, Joseph had an appearance of an angel after the wise men, and he said, take Jesus, the child, away and keep him safe. That gold probably was used because... Joseph was the earthly father, and he was a breadwinner. Now, if you've ever changed locations in your employment, you know you have to stretch the money, or you have to know, have a little bit to feel safe and secure. That helped his family. Frankincense was an expensive resin used in the temples that was used as a symbol of prayer and of anointing. It spoke of the anointing and the deity and the divinity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this tiny little baby. And more, another expensive resin that was used for his burial. It represented that embalming, representing the death that he would die for us, for you and me. These were gifts that were given out of adoration for a newborn king. As they sat down and worshipped him and they bowed down, the Magi knew who they were worshipping. Yes, these were gifts of great value. Think about the gifts that you have. Let me think about the gifts that I have that are worth giving. And that's myself. That's yourself. What you have. No matter how young you are. No matter how old you are. We all have something to share. That gives feet to our journey to spread the good news of Jesus Christ.
And we've got to be willing to put our commitment to our convictions. It's the one Jesus Christ that gives us hope for future. He showed us how in his ministry on this earth to be his hands and feet. Over 2,000 years later, 2022, it's still the same story. You see, Christians are brand new people inside. Brand new. And we have an opportunity to start over again, if you will. The Holy Spirit gives us a new life. And we're not the same anymore. We don't act the same. We don't live the same. We're not reformed and we're not rehabilitated. It's the Holy Spirit living within us because of this tiny little baby born in a manger that grew up to be our Savior. We are created, it says in Colossians 2, 6 and 7, and living in a vital union with Christ. Then Titus 3, 5 summarizes it by saying, and Paul says, this new life where Paul stated with God saved not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. You see, being a Christian is a process, and sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we stumble. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes we make bad choices. If you're old enough, you know that you have. And you're young enough, I know that you will. <laughs> Been there, done that. And it's always so tempting to remember the bad things we've done and beat ourselves up. But that's not what God wants. God wants us to take the salvation and the love and the forgiveness of mercy of this tiny baby, Jesus Christ, into our lives to make good choices and hope for the future because of Christ, no matter the circumstances in our lives. And as a renewed people, we are charged up to share that good news with others. It's not ours to keep. It's given to us to share freely with others. And the word enthusiasm is just simply a Greek word that means the God within. And a familiar scripture that many of us love that give us hope. When Jeremiah was talking to Israel when they were in Babylon and telling them no matter if they were in, in captivity, no, it's Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plan to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. They were, he was speaking to people in exile. Have you ever been in exile? Perhaps you're in exile now. Perhaps you've gone a little far away from your beliefs and your conviction, where the world has stepped in, maybe even where the world has taken over, and then we're in exile. Have you, have I, become complacent 
about our relationship with Jesus Christ. We're free to come to this place to worship together. We're free to read our Bibles. We're free to talk about Jesus to others without fear of punishment. Perhaps ridicule, but not punishment. But many times I take that freedom so much for granted. Are we going to forget the light of hope when we started our Advent candles? Flicker, the first one of hope, peace, love, and joy. And finally, the Christ candle that lights the world. Will you be a part of that light? Or again, are we just going to put it away till next year? Remember, remember how the angel talked to the Magi. Go home a different way. God had a plan. Execute that plan. And also talk to Joseph to take Jesus to keep him safe away. And that's another story of what happened after that when all the children under two years old were put to death. Be willing to put feet to your faith. Now God reminds us he chose the most humble people. He chose Moses as we all know. God, I can't do that. I stutter. You know. How many excuses have you made? How many have I made? Not wanting to do something. I can't. I'm not, I can't do that. I'm too scared to do that. I don't have time to do that. He chose people that were humble. Moses was a fugitive of the law besides stuttering. And then he was tending sheep. But he was became the lawgiver of the people of Israel. He chose David, the shepherd boy. He was kind of a scrawny little guy, youngest, mostly the most unfit to be the greatest king. He chose Mary, a peasant girl, in Nazareth, of all places, because our scripture tells us in Nazareth, what good can come out of Nazareth to bear the Messiah? And it tells us in Luke 14, 11, it is an important theme in Jesus' ministry that we hear these words again and again. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. And then Mark 10, 43. Whosoever wish to become great among you, you must be your servant. Matthew 20, 16. The last shall be first. And the first shall be last. Now, moving along with Jesus' ministry. Who did he choose? Did he go to the Pharisees to choose his disciples? Those that were educated in the scriptures? No. He went to common fishermen. He went to tax collectors. I better be careful. IRS may be in here, but I was going to say it hadn't changed much over the years how we fear the tax collectors sometimes. And other unlikely candidates he chose. He taught them humility by washing their feet. To be a good example. 
And he says, I have set an example for you. And that says that in John 13. He says, I have come to serve, not to be served. Can we do that? Can we work that into our lives? I wonder if we can give ourselves wholly to Christ and say, I am yours. Do with me as you will. I wonder if, as Christians, we can say, what I am going to do differently in the new year, or will there be something that we are doing differently in the new year? Do we want to miss an opportunity to help others to know about Jesus Christ? Because you see, if the Magi had not watched and looked at the star and watched and watched and watched, they would have missed an opportunity. But they would have missed the greatest opportunity had they not prepared for the journey. The entire Christmas story is a story about the reversal of values of the world in God's kingdom. A total upside-down reversal. Mary, a peasant girl, was bearing the Messiah, the king. Jesus was born in the stable because there was no room for him. The story is a call for us to be humble before our God. Perhaps you can imagine a little baby. I'd like to see the show of hands in here that people don't like to see in the whole little babies. They smell good most of the time. But a little baby lying in a manger, reaching its hands up. Not to be held, but reaching its hands up to hold you, to hold me, to hold the world that would accept him as the Messiah. Reaching out as God, I came to you to show you my love and how you are to love others. This Christmas story is about God's reaching out gently. And we need to hear that. I am going to say something, someone in, of course, some of my friends in the room know a lot about me and that's, that's scary sometimes. But I remember, yeah, okay, I'm looking at you. I remembered a few years ago it got to be so popular to have the cross in the middle of the, the manger or in with the stable, the Christmas toy. I didn't like that, people. Maybe I hadn't grown enough. That really bothered me because I kept saying, do we have to look at the cross while we're looking at baby Jesus with all the beautiful music around and everything is joyful in giving the presence and receiving a presence and everyone is having a good time and fellowship. Do we have to look at the cross now? And it bothered me. And then I saw more and more of him. And Gay was driving one evening and we were out looking around at lights. And she took a turn in one of the alleyways and getting ready to back up. And I took a look to the right. 
and there was a garbage can and a cross that was lighted hanging over that garbage can. And I just looked back at her and I, I think I remember her rolling her eyes for what I was going to say. I said, there's a sermon there. And then I remembered what we are. We don't like to think about that. But in the eyes of God, we are garbage. And the cross made us clean. The cross makes us worthy. The cross gives us the power and the mercy to help others and to be more. So it doesn't bother me to see the cross in the manger now. God had a vital lesson for me that night, reminding me who I was and why Jesus came. The baby lifting up, saying, I'm here for you. And I have to go to the cross. I don't think I'll ever forget seeing that garbage can. And it wasn't a pretty garbage can. It was all beat up. It, it just had to be beat up. God really wanted me to see the whole thing. Just quit worrying about this, Trudy. The cross was beautiful. But the garbage can was beat up. Help us to remember today the Christmas story is about God gently reaching out to us. We need to hear that God cares about us. We need to know and to tell others that God cares about them, no matter the choices they have made, no matter the kind of life they're living, that God is there for each of us. And we are his instruments. And today we will celebrate Holy Communion and the, the renewal of baptism. And I will explain something here. This is not a re-baptism. It's a renewal of your baptism. We're baptized once by the Holy Spirit. We are simply instruments by which the Lord uses us. But as you come forward today for communion, then I will be here and I'm going to ask Javi and Letty, our lay leaders, they will be serving communion after I consecrate them and I will be uh, renewing your baptism and simply I will say to you, remember your baptism. Jesus has marked us and through and claimed each of us through baptism. He says, you are mine and I am yours. So you see, baptism is more than water. It's a seal made by our Lord. It is a seal that said, the Lord is yours. Now, what does he expect? It's up to us to remember who we belong to and take that responsibility. However, God speaks to us on our journey. When we act like the rest of the world, it's difficult. It's difficult to recognize who we are. But in our actions, 
in our thoughts, in our deeds. Let us know and help the world to know that Jesus is your king. That we go forward in this difficult year that who Jesus is, that he walks beside us, he guides us. That we can extend a helping hand to someone that is stumbling so much that does not have that in their lives. To be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. To be a light in this world of darkness. After that, after we, uh, I think that's on the schedule of this, we will do after our communion. You were given a sheet when you came in. It's the Wesley Covenant, founder of Methodism, if you will. Covenant is a stronger word than promise. It's a contract, if you will, a contract, a relationship between you and God, me and God. And when we say these things, sometimes I get a little choked up on one part of it because it says, put me to doing, put me aside. And thinking about the words that we have in there, that how much it really, really does mean for each of us and how seriously we take, take it. It means that we set aside a time for God in seeking earnestly his assistance in the way we live and the gracious acceptance. Carefully thinking about the ways of this covenant, considering the laws of Christ. Are you willing to choose them all? Yeah. You're going to stumble, and it might even be this afternoon. I might even wait till tomorrow. I will stumble, but there's someone there to catch me, set me back on track. We have that hope. Okay. Shall we prepare for Holy Communion? As we prepare, the ushers will ask you to come around this, down this aisle here, come up the front. Javi if, if, if will be here, and Letty will be serving after. I consecrate the elements. I will be on this side for your renewal of baptism. So shall we pray? Our gracious God, we thank you for all that you have given us. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you chose to come to the earth as just a baby, to grow up, to be helpless, to depend on humans to take care of you knowing well that you came to take care of us as we celebrate this time of Holy Communion.